Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew will continue on in the Bible series from the book of Isaiah, with this message entitled, God Welcomes All. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Isaiah chapter 56. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, we pray that you bless us as we look into your holy word, the prophecy of Isaiah, the last section. Heavenly Father, we pray that, that you help us to come to your presence with a fresh mind, with an yielded will, and emotions regulated by your scripture, with a total determination and commitment to hear your word and be blessed by it. We pray, Heavenly Father, from this portion of Scripture, Isaiah 56, 1 through 8, teach us our responsibility in this world. As we wait for the fuller manifestation of your redemption, as we wait for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, teach us what our duties are, that we may carefully do them for the glory of God and for our everlasting blessing. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God welcomes all people to him. We read in the book of Matthew chapter 8, a leper, an outcast, came to Jesus. Probably he heard about Jesus and his miracle working powers and so he came to him and he confessed I know you are able to save me to heal me to cleanse me but I don't know whether you are willing to help me I don't know whether you welcome me I have no question about your ability but I'm an outcast Jesus said I welcome you I am willing to save you. God welcomes all people to himself. The 8th century prophet Isaiah, in the first 39 chapters, called Judah to live a righteous life, but they failed to live that righteous life. And so they were exiled. In chapters 40 through 55, he revealed the source of grace for the covenant-keeping people to live that righteous life, which God demands. For salvation comes to the repenting sinner only through the work of the suffering servant, as we found recorded in the 53rd chapter of Isaiah. The last section of Isaiah's prophecy, chapters 56 through 66, reveals especially the marks of God's servants. They live righteous lives by grace as they wait for the full revelation of God's righteous salvation in the post-exilic time. That salvation we know came in the fullness of time 
in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, as people of God, like the servants of Isaiah 56 through 66, we also must live righteous lives by grace as we wait for the fullest revelation of salvation at the end of times. St. Paul tells us in Romans 13 and verse 11 through 14, let me read it to you, what our responsibilities are in the interim of these two comings of Christ. And that responsibility is to live a holy life. And so, Romans 13, beginning with verse 11, and do this, understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of your flesh. That is our responsibility as we wait for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we read in Isaiah 56, this is what the Lord says, maintain justice and do what is right, for my salvation is close at hand. My righteousness will soon be revealed. Blessed, happy is the man who does this. And then in verse 3, it says, let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his temple. And let not any eunuch that is physically defective person complain, I am only a dry tree and so on. So the heart of this chapter is God welcomes all people. That's number one point. God welcomes all people. God welcomes all people to a feast. We read about that in Isaiah 25. And we read about that in Isaiah 55. It says, come all who are thirsty. It is speaking about God's righteous salvation for all people. This righteous salvation, this feast of rich food, this great banquet on the mountain of the Lord is not limited to physical descendants of Israel. Isaiah 56 tells us that God welcomes all people. Come all, you are thirsty. Come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. And come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. This feast is free to all people. This feast of eternal righteous salvation. Come all. 
salvation of the davidic king salvation of the suffering servant salvation of the anointed one this righteous salvation this great feast is for all peoples without reference to nationality ancestry accident of birth gender rank former religious affiliations physical defects and so on in other words every sinner is welcome in fact your qualification is you must be a sinner that is you must confess that you are a sinner that you cannot save yourself every sinner is welcome the poor the blind the lame the crippled the leper the social outcast the amorites the moabites the eunuchs the foreigners the gentile dogs like the syrophoenician woman god excludes no one everyone is invited to the salvation of the lord take a look at isaiah 56 and look at verse 3 let no foreigner who has bound himself to the lord say the lord will surely exclude me from his people and from his salvation let's look at verse 6 and foreigners who bind themselves to the lord so that tells you foreigners non israelites are welcome and look at verse 7 the last line their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations church is an international body that's what this church is an international body consisting of all people jews and gentiles and look at verse 8 I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered. Let's turn to the book of John where Jesus Christ speaks about this verse 16 chapter 10 verse 16 I have other sheep that are not this sheep pen I must bring them also they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd one people of god those formerly excluded are now included and you were all excluded <laughs> formerly but you are all included hallelujah god does not look at the outward appearance the lord says look to me and be saved all the ends of the earth for i am god and there is no other I see I said that in chapter 45 The servant of the Lord our Lord Jesus Christ saves all the elect of Israel he is also sent to save all the elect of the Gentiles For we read Isaiah 49 verse 6 take a look at it, it says I will make you the servant of the lord that is our lord jesus christ i will make you a light for the gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth and i'm here standing as one from the ends of the earth <laughs> and you are here as people from the ends of the earth when you look at jerusalem as the center you are from the ends of the earth 
And this, of course, is in keeping with the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 12, verse 3, where God said to Abraham, In thee all the families of the earth will be blessed. The Jewish nation was to be missionaries to the entire world. They were supposed to be the light for the whole world, but they failed in that mission. But in the seed of Abraham, in Jesus Christ, all the families of the earth are blessed and are being blessed and will be blessed. Hallelujah. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and what? To the uttermost part of the earth. Yes, salvation is of the Jews. But from there it flows into the whole world. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, and verse 43. Here it is. It's already here in Genesis and now in Deuteronomy. Rejoice, O nations, with his people. That's what church is all about, consisting of Jews and Gentiles. Rejoice, O nations, with his people. Are you a foreigner? Are you a Gentile dog-like Syrophoenician woman? You are welcome to this great feast God has prepared. Do not self-deprecate yourselves, as we see these people are doing. Verse 3, let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, the Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let not the eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree, childless. I have no future, in other words. Are you a foreigner? Are you a eunuch? Are you self-deprecating and say, I am nothing, nobody cares for me? God will not welcome me. God will not save me. Salvation is for somebody else. Be like that leper. Come to him and say, I know you are able to save me, but I don't know whether you welcome me or not. And he says, I welcome you. I am willing. I'll save you. And I'll save you now. Do not think you will be excluded from this feast. Do not believe your own opinions about yourself. Believe the declarations of the Lord who has included you and who has a good plan for your life, a plan to save you. He has included you. Reject your own opinions. Reject also the philosophies of others about you. Don't listen to anybody who will pull you down and tell you that you are hopeless and you are miserable. And you can never amount to anything. Their opinions do not matter. What matters is the thoughts of God concerning you. Such opinions can only cast you down and depress you. Look out! Look up to the Lord and listen to his voice of mercy. In his readiness and willingness to liberate you, to save you, to cleanse you. And to embrace you. Hear his gospel call. He calls you. Come to him and be saved. (laughs) Salvation is for every miserable sinner. Who repents and believes on the Lord. Every miserable sinner. Who will come to him. 
and you will discover him not as judge but as savior but don't come to him you will discover him as judge all nobodies are welcome saint paul tells us not many of you were wise by human standards not many influential and not many of noble birth but god chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise god chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong he chose the lowly things of this world he chose the despised things he chose things that are not meaning big zeros to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him the world may despise you but the lord welcomes you he welcomes all those who consider themselves worms he welcomes prostitutes publicans sinners of every stripe he welcomes all who are undeserving he welcomes them all to his banqueting hall come as you are and he shall clothe you with his robe of righteousness achieved at the cross well you say you are not a foreigner a gentile are you a eunuch excluded before from the assembly of the lord as we read in deuteronomy 23 don't worry eunuchs are now included every impotent person is included when he comes to him he will discover you are included and he never drives out anyone away no physical defect can prevent you from coming to god don't believe your opinion which is stated here that i'm only a dry tree i am fruitless i have no children that nobody will remember me when i die god remembers you nothing else should matter all eunuchs like gentiles are all welcome remember absalom of old he did not have sons so we read in second samuel 18 and verse 18 what he did to perpetuate his memory after his death so we read that he built a pillar as a memorial for himself hoping that people will remember him after his death this is self salvation for all eunuchs who suffer from low self esteem of having no posterity listen to the lord in verse 5 i will give within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters i will give him an everlasting name it should be i will give him an everlasting name that will not be cut off it says the lord will bring you into his temple meaning into his presence he will give you eternal life i give them eternal life and they shall never perish 
He gives you indestructible life and glory in the house of God. Everlasting name, which cannot be cut off. You'll be brought to dwell in the house of the Lord with him. Neither death nor life or anything else in all creation is able to separate you from the love of God. Shake off all self-pity. Shake off all doubts. Come to the Lord. Come to the feast. Come to be clothed with Christ's salvation. And you shall be changed forever. And second thing I want to say is, here we are told that you have a responsibility, which is to bind yourselves to the Lord. Verse 3, let no foreigner who has what? Bound himself to the Lord say. And look at verse 6. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord. Well, you have a responsibility. <laughs> the feast is here, salvation is here, and you are invited. And you have a responsibility to come to it. Put it in New Testament terms. The question is, what must I do to be saved? And what's the answer? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your entire family. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. It is your responsibility to repent and believe. I cannot believe for you. You have heard the gospel. The Lord welcomes all sinners, Jew and Gentile. Are you a sinner? Then you qualify to bind yourselves to him in saving faith. Come to him, join to him by saving faith. Bind yourselves to him and he shall save you forever. Let's turn to Isaiah 55 and verse 6 through 8. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. This is the opportune time. You are here. The gospel is being preached to you. Tomorrow we don't know what will happen. Today you seek him and you shall find him. When should I seek him? At the opportune time. Now is the accepted time. Now is the day of salvation. Not at your time you seek him. At his time seek him. Come to him, bind yourselves to him, and he shall save you. How do you bind yourselves to him? Read verse 7 and 8. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, and he will freely pardon. You cannot come to him. And keep your sin, and keep your wickedness, keep your own thoughts, and keep your own ways. Repentance means think God's thoughts after him, and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And his ways are different from our ways. Real salvation will come to you when you come now, and when you come this way. Having forsaken his way. Having forsaken his thoughts. Turn to the Lord. The covenant Lord. 
And it says, he will show mercy to you. And he will freely and completely pardon you. Which is feasting on the supper of the Lord. This great salvation. Bind yourselves, it says. That means freely, not by compulsion. The only compulsion you must have should be the compulsion of whom? The Holy Ghost deep within you. And he does move you. He regenerates you. He gives you true repentance and gives you saving faith by which you bind yourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hold on to him and grip him forever. As he grips you, you have responsibility. Salvation is not automatic. Bind yourselves freely, voluntarily. And bind yourselves inseparably to the Lord. Hold on to him. And Find yourselves unconditionally. Don't tell him what to do. Don't dictate to him terms. He dictates you terms. Isn't that our problem? No. He demands total surrender. For he is the Lord of the universe. And the only savior of the world. Unconditional surrender to him. And... Bind yourselves to him sacrificially. This means when you trust in Jesus Christ, you will suffer loss. The friends will leave you. You may lose your job. Your parents may forsake you. Your reputation may suffer. No matter. I bind myself sacrificially to the Lord. Let's turn to one who so bound himself to the Lord, St. Paul, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3, verse 7. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whose sake I have lost all things I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith you will suffer You will lose sin. And you will lose sinful friends. You will lose the fame of this world. And the reputation this world may give you. You will suffer a lot of things. Your own parents may cut you out of their will. You may have to say goodbye to your best friend. Who refuses to have fellowship with you. Now you have become a Christian. Bound yourself to the Lord of the universe and the only Savior of the world. Bind yourselves to the Lord as Rahab the Amorite did. And he spoke about it. Joshua 2. And her name is found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Bind yourselves as Ruth the Moabites bound himself to the Lord of the covenant. And turn with me. To the book of Ruth, if we can find it. 
Now let's, let's read this, this serious, voluntary, sacrificial, inseparable, and unconditional joining of herself to the Lord of Israel. Ruth chapter 1. You see, Naomi, the mother-in-law, gave all the opportunity for her to leave and go home, go to his people and his country and to, his, and to her God. But listen, but Ruth replied, Ruth 1 verse 16, Don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Notice the determination and the free choice. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And what? Your God will be my God. And where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever more severely. If anything but death separates you and me, this is binding oneself to the Lord of the covenant. The promise to Savior of the whole world. And you young people, what is it that prevents you from joining? Let me say to you, it is sin that you relish, that you love, that you enjoy. He will not save you unless you forsake all that that destroys you. And her name also is found in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Bind yourselves as the Ethiopian eunuch. He was a Gentile and a eunuch. Bound himself to the Lord. And you read about his binding himself to the Lord Jesus in chapter 8 of the book of Acts. He heard the gospel from evangelist Philip. He believed the gospel. And he said, what prevents me from being baptized? Nothing! And he was baptized. And he went back to Ethiopia to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And turn with me to the book of Ephesians to make these truths very clear to you. If you are a Gentile and if you are a eunuch, if you think that God will not accept you. Ephesians 2 Beginning with verse 12, speaking about the Gentiles. Remember at that time, you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, hallelujah, but now, it's a different time. But now, it is the fullness of time. when the Lord Jesus Christ has come and he accomplished redemption on the cross for us. Christ died, buried. Christ rose again. Christ ascended into the heavens. Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And Christ invites all kinds of people to come to him and be saved. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who one were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. And look at verse 19. Consequently, you, Gentile, foreigner, eunuch, miserable people, formerly excluded, consequently you are no longer what? Foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens. Not second class citizens. Fellow citizens with God's people, members of God's household you are. 
I look at chapter 3 verse 6 of Ephesians. The mystery is, in, is that through the gospel the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, turn with me to the book of Galatians. Let me read from verse chapter 3, beginning with verse 26. Notice, you are all sons of God. Through faith in Christ Jesus. You are all sons of God. Jew, Gentile, eunuchs. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is what? Neither Jew nor Greek, slave, nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Praise God. And third, what's the purpose of this binding oneself to the Lord, to this covenant Lord? And it is stated here, take a look at it, it's very interesting. Modern evangelical says, receive Jesus, he will help you, he'll take care of you, he'll be your servant for the rest of your life. He'll be the English butler to you. You could snap your finger and he will come running to take care of you. This is the dominant evangelical view of the purpose of our binding. Well, that's false. So let us understand this. In verse 6, and foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord, that is the Lord of the covenant. And then there are some infinitives declaring to us the purpose of their binding. What is the first purpose? Come on now. That means he is Lord and who are you? Servants. Don't ever reverse it. Don't make him the servant and you the king. Here in the book of Isaiah, we are told the purpose of our binding ourselves to the Lord. First is what? To serve him. What is the second? To love him. Not love his money or love something he gives to you. To love him. This is the greatest blessing we can have to bring us to him in his house. To have fellowship with him. To love him. That's the purpose. And what's the third purpose? Well, you see, that's where you have to take a pen and write what I'm going to say, because that's not what the text says. <laughs> that's why you need to know Hebrew. <laughs> what does the text say? To be his servants. That's what the text says. See the emphasis on serving and loving. And Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Notice, to serve him, to love him, and to be what? His servants. That's what it says. No, you don't snap your finger and God up here all the time to take care of you. Doesn't work that way. That's a false view of salvation. Eli told Samuel, what did he say? Samuel, if you hear that again, tell him, speak, Lord. Your servant, hear it. Means your servant, I'm your servant, I will hear and do what you tell me to do. That is always the idea of the covenant. He is Lord and you are vassal, you are servant. And he extends to you blessings 
provided you function as servants. Bind themselves to the Lord to serve him. That means to obey him, to love him, and to be his servants all the days of one's life. So the purpose of our binding to him is not to obtain some material and temporal benefit for oneself. He certainly takes care of us. Has he taken care of you so far? Come on. He does. And he will continue to do. And he takes care of unbelievers. He He takes care of the birds. And the young lions do not lack. The purpose is not to obtain some temporal benefit for oneself. We bind ourselves to the covenant Lord for his benefit. We become his bondservants for life because we love him for what he has done for us. He died in my place for my sin. And all of life is dedicated to serve him, to love him, to be his servants. He snaps his finger and we run as the angels do. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. St. Paul tells us, based on this chapter, St. Paul tells us this, that if you confess with your mouth, what is it? In Greek, two words, that's all. Lord Jesus, or Jesus Lord, that's all. That's all is required for you to become a Christian. To be saved. To be his people. To be justified, to be forgiven, to be cleansed, to be invited to the feast that he has prepared for our everlasting happiness. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now we do not bind ourselves to the Lord that he may become our servants. It will never happen. It is a delusion in human mind. A true believer is a servant of Jesus Christ. He lives his life in service to Christ in view of his great salvation. All of Christian life is an expression of our thanksgiving to God in service to Christ, in glad obedience to his will. We run in his ways. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, we pray thy will be done. How? On earth as it is in heaven. There is no negotiation in heaven. I don't think Gabriel and Michael will negotiate with God when they are commanded to do something. Have you come to him in true repentance and faith? Have you bound yourselves to the covenant Lord to keep his covenant? Have you become his born servants unconditionally, sacrificially, freely, and voluntarily? Have you become his born servants for life? Either one is a servant of Satan for now and for eternity, or he becomes a servant of Jesus Christ for life and eternity. There is no other way. What is God going to do for you? It's right there in verse 7. Go home and read it. Oh, it's a wonderful promise. It is divine guarantee. 
God is saying, I will do this for you. Those who bind themselves to the Lord, to serve him, to love him, and to be his servants forever, this is what he will do. Look at the promises. I'll bring them to my holy mountain. And this means, I, this means the Lord will bring them to his house to enjoy his presence forever. And this is already prophesied in Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 3. That's what he's saying. I will bring you to his presence. And in his presence, what is it? Fullness of joy. And on his right hand, pleasures forevermore. Undying and everlasting pleasures. This is his promise to you in verse 7. Let's turn to the book of Psalms. Here, let's pick up what is the great desire of the psalmist. Psalm 27 and verse 4, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is it, one thing. Jesus said only one thing is necessary. This is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And what is life? Life is this, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And Psalm 23 says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He guarantees he will do it for you. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Man and God in holy communion. This is celestial bliss. This is beatific vision. This is glory. This is salvation. And people must say, hallelujah. That's what this is. This is joy unspeakable and full of glory. He welcomes all people. He doesn't exclude anybody, but you must bind yourselves to him. And he will bring you to his holy mountain. And then it says, he will cause you to rejoice. I said, he will cause you to rejoice. You cannot be in his presence and be bummed out he will do a work in you you will rejoice hallelujah and he will make you priests who will offer acceptable sacrifices hallelujah and he'll be pleased with your offerings and then he says he will give you an everlasting name in my temple which cannot be cut off what more you want tell me what more you want you want more money what can money do to you you want more position what can it do to you our hearts are restless until they find rest in God here he promises to give you rest the Sabbath rest in God Heavenly Father save your people now Enable them to bind themselves to the Lord. Bring them to your presence. Cause them to rejoice. Make them kings and priests. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio, presenting this message from the Bible series on the book of Isaiah. Come back soon for more Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.